Hi, and welcome to the Human Side of Business podcast. I'm Angie Cabe, CEO and co-founder of Intuity Performance. I'm a performance coach, HR professional, whole person leadership facilitator, and your host. The Human Side of Business podcast is fueled by the genuine curiosity to understand how personal characteristics and skills can be leveraged to drive individual and team performance, tangible outcomes, and ultimately organizational success within business. Each podcast is devoted to sharing knowledge, expanding our learning edges, and exploring the trends in corporate culture towards growing the emotional intelligence of organizations. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and a warm welcome to the Elevate Business Podcast. Both myself, Ange McCabe, and Scott Russ are your hosts. We have the pleasure of introducing you to Ian Colbert, who began his career in public health in 1990 when he joined the Canadian Public Health Association. In 2013, he was appointed as CPHA's executive director after having served in a number of different roles within the association, including director level positions in communications, business and corporate development, as well as uh, programmatic work in HIV, hepatitis C, sexually transmitted infections, addictions, and social marketing. We're excited to hear about his longstanding experience at CPHA. Welcome, Ian. We're so excited that you're here today with us and our subscribers. It's my pleasure. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit more about you, uh, your leadership journey, and um, and a little bit more background with regards to Canadian Public Health Association. Certainly. So uh, I joined CPHA in September of uh, 1990. So it's mm-hmm. been uh, 32 years uh, since, since that, uh, the the journey began. I was fresh out of university. Uh, I got my degree at uh, Carleton University, mm-hmm. did not know what I wanted to do uh, with the rest of my life. And so I was working for a temp agency. Mm-hmm. And so my first job with CPHA wasn't really with CPHA. It was with a temp agency. And I was a <laughs> part-time temporary secretary back when there used to be secretaries. <laughs> and I only really got the job because I knew how to use a Macintosh, and at the time, CPHA was a Macintosh uh, office, uh, which Mm -hmm. was a rarity uh, in 1990. Mm -hmm. So um, it was uh, a circuitous route by which I uh, started my career at CPHA. Uh, But as someone pointed out to me, uh, I had the lucky coincidence of my personal values and the corporate values of the association aligned almost perfectly. Mm. And, and the, the, the woman that I was replacing in that first job said, this is a really good place to work. You should try to stick around if you can. So I did. <laughs> For 32 years. You, you really took her words years. to heart. Yeah. I either have absolutely no initiative or I like where I work. So. <laughs> the latter yeah i was just gonna say we'll go with the latter yeah for sure so throughout your journey with cpha and tell us more about your leadership style what's going on there i really i always find it an interesting question what what style do i have i really try to promote people being the best they can be and making sure that they have the supports in place so that they can accomplish that. Especially with the uh, advent of the pandemic, uh, we found Mm. that we really need to trust our employees, that they uh, can do the job. They don't have to be micromanaged. Uh, I don't have to see them sitting in the chair 
for seven and a quarter hours a day, mm-hmm. um, that they know the, what needs to be done. And more importantly, we try to empower people to ask for help when they need it. Uh, that asking for help isn't weakness or uh, the lack of uh, the ability to do a job, but rather knowing what your limits are uh, and saying, I don't know how to do this, or I I need some guidance or advice. Mm-hmm. So it's really, I would say, if anything, I'm an, an enabler, <laughs> which <laughs> in a different context isn't a good thing. But I think in, in this context, I, I'm, I'm going to frame it as a positive thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. And I know we've talked offline a little bit about this. Um, but I'd be curious for you to share a little bit more about a bit of your transition into the executive director role, recognizing, you know, you've been with uh, CVHA for so long and that, that kind of that, that transition. What, what did that look like? Certainly. I had been with CPHA uh, for 22 years by the time my predecessor decided to move on to a new uh, challenge with another organization. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't as if I was keeping all my best ideas until I got the top job. I had been giving 100%, and I really didn't think that perhaps I had something more and, and that perhaps someone from the outside coming in would be better positioned. So when the retire or the, the uh, resignation was announced, uh, I was approached by the chair of our board of directors at the time uh, and asked if I was interested in taking on the acting role. Um, and I said, yes, with the understanding that I wouldn't be eligible for the position uh, itself. As mm-hmm. I said, I wasn't sure I had what it took to be, to be the leader at CPHA, uh, didn't know if I had new ideas or, or a fresh perspective. Mm. And then about a month later, uh, there was a transition in the board and uh, the new uh, chair of the board of directors offered me the job. Uh, and given the situation that the association was in then, the board had come to the decision that continuity was the most important uh, element that they were looking for uh, and had confidence in my ability to take on the senior leadership role. What an amazing feeling to work for an organization or association that really believes in you and promotes within. Absolutely. And that is a a rarity, I I believe, in the world writ large. But Mm. the association has only, I'm only the fourth executive director uh, CPHA has ever had. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so uh, our first executive director had the position for 30 years. (laughs) And then uh, kind of a quick succession after that for a couple of So I'm really looking, I I was very uh, honored to be entrusted with the responsibility. uh, Mm -hmm. And I've been really pleased to um, see the the work through and and help uh, the association accomplish its goals. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a little bit curious, Ian, because, you know, mentioning that there's only been four executive directors, um, I guess this is kind of coming out of twofold. One, I'd like to learn a little more about, like, what was your kind of biggest learning stepping into that new leadership role? And then I can also imagine there might have been some changes that had to be made, like, as you're looking to modernize or as you're looking to kind of see the future of a CPHA as well. Well, certainly, uh, two parts to that question. Uh, certainly, um, I had had very little to do with the the board of directors directly. So that uh, connection between um, the the one employee that the board has, the executive director, and the Mm -hmm. governance, uh, governing of the association, Mm -hmm. and and that very clear line between governance and operations um, was very much a learning curve for me. Um, And 
it was something that had evolved over time within the association. So it was great that I had a chair of the board of directors that uh, was very clear that the board was a governance board and was not going to get into the minutia of operations. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, despite (laughs) many board members wanting to go into that direction because it's where they were most comfortable. Mm -hmm. So uh, that whole governance piece was my biggest learning curve. Certainly, the association at that time was going through a number of different challenges. Um, uh, the Generally speaking, the relationship between the federal government and non-governmental organizations was going through a seismic shift, and we were an association that had relied very heavily on um, contribution agreements from the federal government to execute specific projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were very much a project shop. We had uh, global health projects uh, around the world. Uh, we had massive uh, uh, initiatives going on in Canada. Mm-hmm. And one by one, those were closing. And so we really had to rethink who we were going to be. And then certainly uh, the year before I took over, there were conversations about whether or not the association would continue to exist or not. And so we had the opportunity to strip back all of the different things that we do. We published a journal and we said, well, someone else could publish that journal. We host conferences. Well, somebody else could host those conferences, sell our books or run our projects. But what's the one thing that CPHA and only CPHA can do? And that was to advocate for healthy public policy from a public health perspective. Mm. And so we were able to really refocus and redefine the association as an advocacy organization. Mm. Uh, and, and an independent advocacy organization, because I don't represent public health workers in this country. I'm not like a union. I'm, while I do believe that there should be more people working in public health, that's not my job uh, is it, it, to represent them to government or anything else. I really, uh, CPHA is really all about healthy public policy from that public health perspective. So being able to refocus redefine our priorities along those lines, and then align our resources and our activities to support that goal. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic, Ian. Refocus and alignment. So what is the theme for your team this year? Well, uh, (laughs) with everyone else in the middle of a a global pandemic, it's it's a little bit survival mode. It's it's (laughs) adaptation. We understand Uh, it. It is... um, trying to stay healthy in mind, mm. body, and spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's finding new ways of connecting and staying connected to each other. Um, Zoom is a wonderful tool. Teams is a wonderful tool. Uh, it's not the same as poking your head up over your cubicle and just saying, hey, can I talk to you about this? Or running into someone at the photocopier and, and seeing what they're doing and saying, wow, that's really interesting. Tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, that's certainly a challenge. To a certain extent, it is business as usual. Uh, fortunately, we were well prepared for the pandemic, not knowing it was coming, uh, but we could uh, switch to uh, uh, virtual work relatively easily. Um, mm-hmm. We were set up for that. Um, so that all happened relatively easily. And so that hasn't been the challenge, but mm-hmm. certainly uh, in doing the, the, the normal work. It has required adaptation, uh, but 
as far as our strategic plan goes at the governance level, we're really doing a deeper dive into some of the core issues of public health and addressing issues uh, such as truth and reconciliation with Canada's Indigenous people, mm-hmm. addressing uh, racism uh, and discrimination in our health mm-hmm. systems, mm-hmm. Uh, looking at uh, population mental wellness. So mm-hmm. we're, uh, we've addressed these topics in the past, uh, but we're going much deeper on these issues and our advocacy on those issues and certainly around strengthening of public health services across the country post-pandemic is going to be a, a crucial focus for us in 2022 and beyond. Mm-hmm. Those are some amazing initiatives. And, uh, you know, it seems mm-hmm. like you you and the team are quite uh, focused on, on bringing those to fruition. And so I, I'd almost like to shift gears a little bit and hear a little bit more around how you're supporting your team to kind of take these uh, these initiatives on and, and bring them to fruition uh, uh, to the public? A lot of it is just creative thinking and, and saying at this point, there's no bad ideas that that uh, blue sky brainstorming is is a really important part of the process to say well how does CPHA have a unique voice how can we say something different that is relevant uh, but valuable on any given topic uh, mm-hmm. and then then develop the evidence uh, that supports whatever change it is that we're recommending um, it, it's crucial that our work is always evidence-based um, and part of that is that evidence changes over time if, if nothing else the act the, the pandemic has uh, demonstrated to us that as new information comes in we have to adapt our approach mm-hmm. to different issues and so and that applies to different issues uh, tobacco control or vaping or you name it uh, as we get new information we uh, adapt our approaches so that flexibility and not becoming mired in a specific ideological perspective on, on a topic. The evidence always has to lead. Um, asking employees, what do you need to be successful? Um, and reminding them that like we have benefits that are available to you um, through our insurance provider or just as a team, uh, there are th- resources that you can call on if you need help. Uh, and really encouraging people that, like, we mean it. This isn't just a, a, a bait and switch of, of if you uh, apply for these benefits or want, uh, want need some time off that you will be reprimanded for it sometime d- down the road. It's exactly the opposite. It's, mm. it's we want you to be healthy in, in all aspects of your work. Otherwise, we're uh, being uh, extremely uh, two-faced as a public health organization to say we're going to have a sweatshop as the office, but we're, we'll promote healthy public policy to the rest of the world. <laughs> a bit of an oxymoron there, Ian. I, exactly. I understand. Thank you. you. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> and so when it comes to just that, you know, balancing and adapting for the perspective of wellness, how are you working with um, with team performance within your organization this year? So um, it's, I think we're paying a lot more attention to um, the regular connecting with staff uh, mm. as, as our, our, our smaller sub teams go. Um, 
the importance of formalized communication and those uh, opportunities to touch base are so much more important in the virtual environment because you don't have the opportunity to say, uh, let's just step into this boardroom and have a five minute mm-hmm. conversation about something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that because our entire team is working from home, many of our staff have have young children. Uh, so they're at times doing homeschooling and monitoring homeschooling as well. Uh, people are a little bit hesitant to just pick up the phone or to, to intrude on the person's day because we have a great deal of flexibility. We don't mm. service the public. We're not a service organization. So uh, people don't have to be at their desks from nine to five. Right. Um, if it's more convenient to work from five to midnight, well, make make that happen, uh, whatever works best for you, um, as long as there are those opportunities for the team to, teams to connect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once again, just it's really encouraging that, that this isn't easy. We, none of us have been here before. We don't mm-hmm. necessarily know how to do this. We're right. all figuring it out. There are no bad ideas. Yeah. But if you are struggling, you have to let us know because mm-hmm. I can't see into your space. It's uh, even my office manager uh, has commented that she really misses the ability to get a sense of how people are feeling just by walking around the office. Mm-hmm. You can see if someone is tense or, or mm-hmm. uh, overwhelmed. We can't see that right now. So um it's unfortunately we had the onus is put back on team members, but that's the only way it's going to work. Um, mm-hmm. Along with the constant reminders that if you need help, just ask for it. And I think what I'm hearing there, Ian, is really creating that uh, that psychological safety for employees to feel like they they can raise their hands up uh, and say, "Hey, I'm I'm feeling a little overwhelmed on this. Uh, I need help." Uh, which can always be the, the most challenging piece, the most difficult thing to actually step up and, and say that, or it's almost easier to say, I'll just take it on uh, all, all by myself. Absolutely. And I have been surprised by, uh, we have some uh, newer staff who have uh, a wide variety of work experiences at how the environment I hope to foster at CPHA isn't the norm, unfortunately. Mm. Um, that they have seen um, the effects of um, almost uh, that, that oxymoron or that, that inconsistency between the message and the practice. And so they have been very reticent to uh, take a sick day as a mental health day. Um, mm-hmm. That's one of our things. Health is all encompassing. Um, if you're not, if you're feeling down or you just, like the pandemic's got you out today, take a day. It doesn't have to be a vacation day. It's a sick day because you're not feeling well enough to do your job. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's unfortunately, I guess, not the norm in, in some organizations, which is really unfortunate because I think you get so much more out of your team members um, by by supporting them, letting them be themselves and recognizing um that none of us are, are Superman or Superwoman. Uh, we, we, we all have down days. Um, and uh, some days you'll do 15 hours worth of work in three hours. Uh, and mm-hmm. other days you'll stare at the screen for seven hours and get nothing accomplished. That's normal. <laughs> so uh, it's just when it becomes 
mm-hmm. five days in a row that nothing gets accomplished, <laughs> that then we have to have a bit of a conversation and, and do a deeper dive on why nothing's getting uh, getting mm-hmm. accomplished. In mm-hmm. in hearing and kind of reading between the lines there, Aaron, it's it's more objective based. Is is what the environment sounds like. It's creating that balance between, you know, trust and kindness and understanding that there's a lot going on in everybody's household. And, and I, I think the biggest thing that, that I've seen as a leader, even, even with our group is, you know, taking more time to check in with the, with each other um, and, and, you know, understanding that uh, having deliberate requests or I guess more intentional conversations is what has brought it up by way of balance uh, from a leadership perspective. Yeah. Being deliberate and being intentional. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's really important. Uh, and then, and again, being uh, output or outcome focused as opposed to watching the clock. Um, mm. it, it really, in this, in this environment, it, it makes no sense to, uh, like I hear of companies that install software on their c- corporate laptops that monitor every activity that, that the staff person does. And yeah. that just makes no sense to me. Where's the trust? <laughs> yeah, there's absolutely yeah. no trust. And mm-hmm. I think that if there's there's always this give and take of uh, I'm going to entr- trust you until you prove to me that I shouldn't trust you, um, and and the the flip of that is you have my trust until you prove that I I can't trust you anymore. So yeah, that's just it for sure. Well, we really appreciate you sharing uh, in a little bit more about uh, your journey at CPHA, the work that you're doing, uh, and everything else. And so this is a question we always ask all of our participants. And so we'd like to hear what are three words of inspiration uh, that you would want the world to hear? It's, it's been used elsewhere, but it gets better. It gets better. It's, that's like, timely. It is. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's suiting. <laughs> or it can get better. But I perhaps um, I'm I can be naive, but I, I'm I have hope for the future um, mm. that uh, we aren't a species that's uh, set on self destruction, uh, even if we may have some self destructive behaviors from time to time. That uh, at, at the end of the day, we we really do want to um, be able to live in communities um, that are safe, that uh, we can breathe the air and drink the water, uh, and that uh, there is respect for each other, um, that uh, issues such as racism can be put behind us uh, Mm -hmm. to a large extent, um, and that we can uh, acknowledge our own um, uh, uh, failings uh, or or, uh, defects of character or whatever, way you want to frame that so that we can, because if you don't acknowledge it, then you can't uh, improve it. It's the same with public policy. Mm -hmm. If you don't acknowledge that there are flaws in the system, um, even if there were well, good intention flaws uh, 20 years ago when the when a system was created or a policy was uh, established, uh, you're not going to improve the situation. So Mm -hmm. there's always room for improvement, but I, I, I have hope for the future. That's fantastic. Uh, echoing Scott's words earlier, we really appreciate you jumping on uh, the Elevate Business podcast uh, today with us and sharing all of your leadership insights with our subscribers. It's been my pleasure. 
Fantastic. And for those who would like to learn more about the Canadian Public Health Association, uh, we're going to provide a link to the company's profile on the Elevate Business Podcast title page. Take good care. Stay well, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Human Side of Business Podcast. I'm glad you could join us. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to stay updated with our latest content, make sure to visit our website. The link can be found in the episode description where you can subscribe to the podcast, sign up for our newsletter and learn more about our whole person leadership services. Sounds interesting? Explore the whole person leadership cohort by Intuity Performance, a unique program that offers unparalleled support to managers on every step of their leadership journey. Our program features evidence-based assessments, workbooks, group coaching, and interactive learning experiences to help you level up your leadership skills. Reach out today to apply to one of our upcoming cohorts. Until next time, take care and stay curious.